You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I feel like who art ed? Who art ed? Mr. Wood art ed me. Either way, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. That's off to a great start. Welcome to Who Arted Weekly Art History for All Ages. I'm your host, Kyle Wood, and today I want to cover Disney's folly. That was how the movie Industry Insiders referred to Walt Disney's first feature-length animation, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Now, whether it was the first feature-length animation, period, has long been a point of controversy, as outside the U.S., there were a few feature-length animations made prior to Disney's first one. But regardless, I'm talking about Disney's first feature-length animation. That being said, Disney's work represented an artistic and technical breakthrough that I would argue made it the first of its kind in many ways. But I'll get to all that later. First, let's look at what video and animation are. Photography came about in the mid-19th century, and it wasn't long before people started experimenting with ways of creating motion pictures. All videos and animations work off the same basic concept. If you take a bunch of pictures, referred to as frames of film, and then you play them back really fast, the viewer's eye gets overwhelmed and cannot process all the images. It stops looking like a series of pictures and begins to look like one image that is constantly moving. This point where the eye gets overwhelmed starts somewhere around 7 to 10 frames per second, although traditional films would play back 24 frames a second, and today the standard for our video cameras would be 30 frames per second. In the early 19th century, there were basic animations with cardboard discs that would spin, showing images of a figure in different poses to look like it was walking and things like that. By the end of the 19th century, artists had realized they could take a series of pictures of objects, moving them ever so slightly in between shots, and when they played it back, it would look like the objects were moving themselves. This is a technique known as stop-motion animation. You might think of like those claymation, those clay figures that move around. It's just move the figure, take a picture, move it, take a picture. In Disney's first feature film, he was using hand-drawn cell animation. It's similar to stop motion, except instead of moving objects, animators make a series of drawings with slight changes to them and photograph each of those drawings. If you want to try something like that on your own, the easiest way to experiment with hand-drawn animation would be making a flipbook using post-its. You know, it's relatively easy to do something like make a stick figure walk or dance or jump But hand-drawing a cartoon that's over an hour long, that's something else entirely. 
So to do this, animators would make a series of drawings with slight changes photographing each of them. They create their cells on clear sheets. First, someone would ink the top of the sheet. They can lay it on top of another drawing to trace most aspects and make slight modifications to the pose of the figure for smooth motion. In inking the cell, they're just making the outlines. Next, they would flip the cell over and paint the other side so that they could fill in the color without messing up the ink lines. As you can imagine, it's a lot of work. To make Snow White, Disney's animators had to create somewhere between 200 and 300,000 frames. If that sounds like a lot of work, it is. But that wasn't all. For his first major motion picture, Walt Disney wasn't content to make the standard cartoon characters. He wanted characters that would draw audiences in. He wanted his audience to feel connected with the characters, to empathize throughout the ups and downs of the story, and to make that happen, he had to get some elements of realism in there. While the figures were drawn, if they had some naturalistic elements in the ways they were drawn and the way they moved, audiences would see them as real on some level. Walt got his animators to see his vision of the fairy tale with real human touch right from the start. When the team came to the studio after lunch one day, Walt Disney himself acted out the story, playing every part to help them understand his vision. It's hard for me to imagine my boss putting on a one-person performance of an 80-minute fairy tale. I think if I were there, I would have been supremely uncomfortable just trying to figure out when and if I were supposed to clap and what to say after the performance, but the animators apparently were on board for it. They got to work. Disney had the animation team take classes in figure drawing to get more naturalistic style. They hired live actors to act out numerous scenes on film so that they could be studied and translated into drawings that would move the way real people moved. To put it all together, Disney even pioneered a new multi-plane camera technique. Remember I said the cells would be drawn on clear sheets? Well, Disney figured out they could have separated layers of those cells that would add depth and a cinematic feel. No longer would a character cell simply rest on top of a painting of a forest landscape. They could create foreground, middle ground, background, having the camera move into the forest. Different layers of a scene could move independently of one another in different directions and at different speeds for a cinematic effect not previously seen in animated worlds. Of course, all of this came at a cost. Disney initially budgeted about $250,000 for the movie, but it ended up costing closer to $1.5 million. That skyrocketing budget was part of the reason people called it Disney's folly. They thought he was risking everything, throwing his money away on a project that would flop. But he was confident in his vision. Disney even took out a loan using his home as collateral. It took three years and way more money than he initially planned, but on December 21st, 1937, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs premiered. Audiences and critics were stunned. 
Not only was the audience happy to watch an 80-minute cartoon, they were emotionally invested in the performance. Audience members were said to have cried when they thought Snow White died. And there was a standing ovation at the end of the screening. When awards season rolled around, Walt Disney was given a custom-made Oscar statue with one full-size and seven minifigures. Disney's folly became Disney's triumph, as over the years, Snow White has been re-released multiple times. It's earned around the equivalent of $1.5 billion in today's money. And as I'm sure you can imagine, Walt Disney lived happily ever after. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted, part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. If you found this tolerable, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week on social media at Who Arted Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And of course, on the website, whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.